With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Thanks for choosing this free Anfield Index podcast. If you'd prefer to listen to this or any of our other shows without adverts, then now's the time to check out Anfield Index Pro. With AI Pro, you can supercharge your entire listening experience. You'll not only get all of our podcasts without the ads, but you'll have them far faster with our quick publish feature available exclusively for subscribers. AI Pro also puts you in the heart of our sound studio with an option to listen to many of our shows live and interact with the podcasters in real time as the shows are recording. Upgrading couldn't be easier. AI Pro is available on all popular podcast platforms and we have our own apps for Apple and Android. Just head on over to AnfieldIndexPro.com and get started today. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of Media Matters. My God, it feels like an age since I've done one of these podcasts, but you know what? The transfer window happened. We got one over the line and one didn't quite happen. And there's loads of what ifs and whys about the whole um, Cavalio situation. We've heard a lot from Liverpool journalists, but there's two sides to every story. So um, without further ado, let me introduce our guest, a new voice on Media Matters. I'm quite excited. It is Peter Rutzler. Fulham reporter for The Athletic. Welcome, Peter. Hi, Nina. Thanks for having me on. It's an absolute pleasure. Right, you know, so um, as a Liverpool fan, we were quite excited. Diaz happened and then, you know, there might have been another one. So um, with regards to Carvalho and and the deal, why did it not go through? Yeah, um, it was very exciting on deadline day. It seemed like... Mm. um, Seemed like Liverpool were suddenly trying to get their business done quite late in the window, didn't it? It's uh, yes. let's move those things forward and, and get them done. Um, but yeah, no, it was. I mean, there's been a lot of interest in Fabio Carvalho for a while. Um, his contract's up at the end of the season, which I'm sure everyone knows by now. Mm-hmm. Um, he's a really talent, really talented, naturally gifted attacking midfielder, um, and he's become quite an important part of Marco Silva's Fulham team this season, who are scoring goals for fun. And he's been, you know, uh, a really, really key part of that midfield and and, and, uh, and has been a difference maker. Um, so, yeah, we got Liverpool it became clear, I think, towards the end of the window that they were looking to try and make a move now. Um, of course, with so much interest in Fabio, it meant that I think from a Liverpool perspective, there was a sense that we need to sort of get it done before mm-hmm. the summer. Let's try and head off that competition, of which there will be a lot of competition. Um, yeah, and as a Liverpool fan, that's what really kind of stressed me out as well. You know, like, <laughs> oh gosh, because, you know, in my little bubble, I seem to think only us that have the best scouts. <laughs> you know, <laughs> this is a Liverpool based podcast. And um, the, perspective that, the perspective that we've been getting is obviously from Liverpool journalists, such as, you know, your colleague James Pierce. Um, who works for The Athletic and, you know, other respected journalists. And, um, you know, there's been lots of chit-chat, um, you know, things that kind of stalled it, the price. I think there's been some chit-chat about his representatives as well. It's been changed. I mean, were those all factors sort of um, sort of maybe contributed to it kind of just falling apart towards the end? Yeah, no, there were lots of different different factors at play, and you've touched on them there, really. Um, during this, the end of last year, uh, Fabio Cavallo wanted, was 
uh, in the process of changing his agent that meant he was not able to sign a new deal if he wanted to sign a new deal mm-hmm. um but, but it sort of left this situation by by january where which is still as far as i understand it's still still the case now where his family is sort of taking care of everything on, on that side of things with, with different different agents with different proposals essentially um and, bring, and presenting them to him um with regards to fulham he rejected a contract quite a good contract at the uh back end of november we sort of became aware of that um so it's always been this sense of okay it looks like he it's it's like his future is going to lie away from from craven cottage that's generally the the feeling now um and then yes i mean we get to january and from a fulham perspective they really wanted to keep him um I mean, that became a, a real line in the sand and we saw that play out, to be honest. You know, it, there, there was no sense that the club would allow really for him to go. Um, if it meant he runs down his contract, it means he runs down his contract because the priority fundamentally is promotion. Because Carvalho has got to a point where he's been that important, which is quite incredible for a teenager who's, oh, I think he's only barely just passed 20 senior appearances. Mm. Uh, that that sort of set the stall for any negotiations. Um so, you know, Fulham had a, had their asking price. They had a set fee that they wanted for him. They wanted to make sure that he was still at the club. And that's why we saw this loan back arrangement uh, being mentioned. And because it, there were, because he's in the last year of this contract, there's always that sense of can, can, can a club get a deal done? Can we try and earn a bit of money? And, and to be fair to Fulham, they, they sort of dug their heels in a bit and, and they wouldn't really cave in until, until those the, the, an acceptable fee came in, which we believe was around eight million pounds. Um, I think there was a first bid, which was around five million, which was was yeah. widely sort of discussed. Mm. Um, and then it was not until quite late, really, that we we got to about eight million. And and, and by that point, it was really quite late in the day. And um, to discuss personal terms, to do a medical, which I believe was taking place in London, um, it became quite quite a frantic process. And from speaking to those around Fabio Carvalho. You know, Liverpool are a fantastic club, don't get me wrong. And I, I think with a little bit more time, I think this deal gets over the line. Um, but he really wants to make the the right right choice for his next move. Um, playing time is massively important in terms of uh, finances. That's never really been for him. And, you know, he's really quite ambitious. Yes. He gave an interview to the club mm-hmm. uh, match day programme at the end, back in the last season after, what, a couple of Premier League appearances saying his target is to compete for the Ballon d'Or. Yeah, I've had that um, somewhere as well. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, you know, he he wants to make the right move at this point. So I think a rush decision probably wouldn't have been um, ideal at this point. So I think that may have been a factor. Um, obviously, and fundamentally, it was just lateness. I think if this had a little bit more time, then maybe it's a, a different discussion we're having. And, and then we're talking about what Fabio could potentially bring to, to Liverpool. But the fact that Fulham wanted to keep him, the fact that, you know, it's a difficult negotiation and the fact that it came so late really is the reason why he's still a Fulham player and why we still aren't sure where he's going to end up in the summer. And I'm, and I'm you know, from speaking to James and from speaking to, to others, it seems like Liverpool are certainly very keen to to stay stay on top of this this transfer. And, and, and you know, Jurgen Klopp himself has, has said it. So um, really fascinating to see what comes next. But the fact that Liverpool got so close, you, you think that puts them in a good position. So I've just got a few follow-up questions there just regarding that. Um, uh, obviously, it didn't go through and uh, social media, we shouldn't rely on it for news, but there were some murmurs on, 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 on the Twitter, shall we say, that, you know, the player got cold feet. I mean, do you know anything about this? Um, I can't say anything for sure on that, um, but I'll go back to, to what I was saying before about the fact that this wouldn't be a decision he'd want to rush. Mm. Um, 
I don't think it was, it's not like the situation with Harvey Elliott, because Harvey Elliott was in the same age group as Fabio Carvalho and of course left Fulham for, 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 for Anfield. And it's a sort of a becoming a well-trodden path, I suppose. Um, but he, it wasn't the same situation in that, you know, Harvey Elliott was a Liverpool fan. His family were Liverpool fans. You saw, I think there was a, a video of Harvey's dad after the goal he scored uh, the weekend after injury, wasn't there? And, mm. Um, that, that 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 was almost a different sort of sense where Liverpool was was the be all and end all, and I don't think that's the case with Fabio Carvalho. You know, he's for him, he wants to be playing, he wants to, to show his talent, he wants to to make sure he's taking the right step to to reach the next level. And to be honest, when you look at what Liverpool have been able to do with some of the young players that they brought through, mm-hmm. Curtis Jones, Harvey Elliott, of course, you can see his progress. There there is a pathway there. So that's not discounting the fact that you know there is, that isn't the route for him. But I, I would say that when making that decision, he, he, that would be pretty much the most important factor. And it's not something you'd probably want to do very quickly on on, on deadline day night. So I don't I don't know the specifics of that. I, I just know that it came very late. And knowing what I know about about Fabio and from those that I speak to, he's he's a kid that was determined to make sure the next step is the right one. Um, and that doesn't necessarily mean it will be Liverpool, but you know but it, it could very much well be. And the fact they got so close suggests that there, there is something there, but um, we'll have to see. But those are the things that are, are key for him because he has that ambition and he wants to, to fulfil it. Absolutely, absolutely. And, um, you know, um, I think, you know, you, you touched on Harvey Elliott there. And I think, you know, that, that deal when the Harvey Elliott one happened, you know, I think it's somewhat kind of, um, you know, fractured the relationship between the two clubs. But, you know, I think things have kind of been fixed with um you know, Harry Wilson making a move and, um, and of course, Liverpool loaning out um, and Nico Williams. And um, so, you know, all those things considered, I mean, could Liverpool kind of get a pre-agreement in? I mean, what, what do you think the chances are there? Yeah, I mean, in terms of the relationship between the clubs, I think we've, we've seen that really. Um, you outlined it there quite, quite nicely in terms of the deal for Harry Wilson, the fact that, you know, uh, Fulham aren't paying anything until uh, the end of this uh, season, I think, and, and in terms of instalments for him. So they've been Liverpool were very accommodating about that. Um, obviously, Nico Williams has come on loan. You know, mm. Fulham lost Dennis Adoya, long-serving right back who's gone to Club Bruges, and yeah. on the last day of the window, they were able to get a deal done there. So there and, and there is that there is a an improving in relations because you know losing Harvey Elliott was a blow for Fulham, um, and I, you know they were very happy with the tribunal fee in the end because it was a record for a 16-year-old. But I think the whole circumstances are difficult, and it is difficult when you as a club when you when you can't retain some of these top talents mm. um but that's that's not just liverpool issue so it's, it's a fulham issue you know if it's, that's something that fulham really do need to 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 address um but it's in in, in terms of what that could mean for for a pre-agreement i mean the, the two clubs reached an agreement in january um well that's my understanding of it you know they they did come to an agreement in terms of a deal for fabio carvalho so there's no reason why they they could not do that again, in in my view. Um, I think uh, for Liverpool, I think they probably want to do that. If you wanted to avoid a tribunal again, that's where things can get quite difficult. Um, but of course, it's, it's it's not really just between the two clubs. I think that's that's the key thing. It's it's really with, with Fabio Carvalho um, mm-hmm. and the other clubs that are looking at him, and whether though the other clubs come to the table with different offers, more intriguing offers. I don't know. I don't know at this point, but you know there is a lot of interest. And to be honest, it's been a case of who isn't looking at him. And I think the fact that this deal didn't go through may actually encourage that interest a little bit more because there was probably a bit of resignation from other parties thinking, okay, well, it looks like Liverpool are in the driving seat here. Um, 
And maybe there's that little bit of doubt now, but we'll, we'll have to see. I mean, the fact that they reached an agreement before does bode well. Um, mm. And, you know, relations certainly have improved. Spoke about other, you know, other teams showing interest in them in Cavalio. And um, I guess, are there any clubs specifically that um, have been linked to the player of Sean interest in him? Ah, yeah, well, and we need to know the competition. We need to know the competition. <laughs> well, it, it's funny you say that. I mean, as I said before, it was at times it had felt like, ah, oh, well, who, who isn't looking at Fabio? But and it's just been a case of who would actually be able to 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 really make it make an offer. I think you know when he was just breaking into the first team at Fulham last season at the back end of the season where he was sort of playing for the 23, scoring loads of goals and getting assists and then training with the first team, not quite getting in the team. You know, at that point, I was sort of aware, you know, there was Juventus looking at him, there was Benfica looking at him, and that was just a snapshot, you know, and that was just a, a couple of sides. Um, for, I mean, the, the most recent piece we did, just outlining the collapse deal, I mean, we mentioned Barcelona, uh, Borussia Dortmund, Benfica, Sevilla, Monaco, AC Milan. Um, I mean, uh, that that's the ones we sort of, heard but I mean to be honest as I say it, 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 I'm sure that list is, is longer and uh, and I think really it'll, it'll, it'll come down to who can offer him that platform who can offer him the best sort of pathway and um, <laughs> I think I think it's always the coin to say oh he's interested because reality is a lot of clubs are a lot of clubs do like him because his numbers are fantastic he's, he's a, on the top performing young players mm. in, in England at the moment um, possibly in Europe and that makes him stand out I mean he went to the Etihad on Saturday and was brilliant on a pitch that included Riyad Mahrez, Kevin De Bruyne, Phil Foden. Um, so it's, it, you know, it, it's, whoever gets him is going to get a top talent. Um, and <laughs> yeah, it'd be very interesting to see what happens. And I think, you know, Liverpool are in a good position, I feel. I do feel they are in a good position, but um, it's, it'll be very interesting to see what comes next. Absolutely. We'll get on the player um, on the player profile in a second. But, you know, you know, when I think of a team like Fulham, I think they're just too good for the championship. But fall short in the Premier League, you know, they kind of bounce in and bounce out. And, you know, I feel like, you know, if they could hold on to these kind of young, exciting prospects and players, and I think that could sort of really take them a step, you know, to kind of give them some kind of establishment in the Premier League. So, I mean, I guess I want to ask you, I mean, how did the club and what is the fans' perspective losing these young, you know, these young, talented players? Because I do feel like, you know, if there was something there to make them commit, I do feel like that could be the stepping stone for them to be kind of, you know, kind of have a bit of a a longer period stay in, in, in the Premier League. Like a bit like, you know, like I think Brighton surprised a lot of people with regards to how long they stayed in the Premier League, you know. I mean, so I just want to know what the fans' perspective is because you've spoken about his numbers and we're going to speak about his numbers and the player profile and his skill set. But, you know, how do the fans feel about, you know, another player potentially leaving and so young as well? I, I think you're right. I mean, in terms of the fan perspective, I mean, there is frustration. Of course there is. Um, yeah, you know, losing Harvey Elliott's one. They've lost Matt O'Reilly, who, who, who rejected a contract and went to train in a park with his dad, went to MK Dons, did really well, and is now at Celtic and has started fantastically. Um, Jed Spence is another one doing really well at Nottingham Forest. He was he was released by Fulham, and of course now you've got you've got Fabio Carvalho who's who's performing very well. I mean it's it is a difficult one because there are different sides to it, and mm. the the issue you touched on it in the question. You know the the big issue for Fulham is the fact that they are moving between the two divisions. There isn't really that stability, yeah. um, and when you have a turnover of players that comes with that transition between the two divisions. Um, it makes it very difficult 
for a young player to to come in and establish themselves um but again each situation is different like if you take Fabio Carvalho Fabio Carvalho was broken into the first team you know for him it's the question is where can he improve you know and and, and kick on his career in the best place um and I, I perhaps past precedent has, has played a role in that maybe in terms of what's what's happened with some of some of the youngsters for the supporters yeah it's it's massively frustrating I mean you know, they <laughs> You know, you'd, they'd love to have a team filled with some of the talent that they that have come through the ranks. The academy's fantastic in terms of their performance. Um, you know, they, they've won the under eighteen Premier League South for two years in a row now, um, which includes academies like Chelsea, Arsenal, Tottenham, Southampton. Um, you know, they, they they do compete at the very highest level, but they haven't really seen that so much with the first team. Now that said, you take Fabio Carvalho and he helps the team to promotion this season, and then well. I mean, there is a point to say when well, he's done that, but they're not. They could, with a player of his talent, and I know we'll talk about that. But you know, they they could make they could make if they if we looked at it from a financial sense, you know, they they could make a better better deal of it longer term. Um, it is it is a tricky one. I think fans would love to to have that stability. The 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 target is to be in the Premier League so that you have a, a stable club which can mm. offer that pathway, which maybe you see with with Crystal Palace or Brighton, as you said. Um, where that pathway can be a bit smoother, and but you also the, the players have to see it. The players have to see that they, they, they will get those opportunities. Um, they will get that chance to to get game time at the senior level and to build a career. Because if you don't get those minutes, you, you, it becomes a lot harder, and you get older quite quickly at that age. And, and that sounds a bit silly, but once you hit twenty one, twenty two, without the minutes, you, you you really do need to start looking elsewhere. And I think trying to get that pathway right has it has to be a priority. I think it is a priority for Fulham, but I think it also goes hand in hand with just trying to achieve that overall club goal of getting into the Premier League and, and staying there. Absolutely, and you know, as, as a Liverpool fan, I can completely, completely relate to you know losing your best players. And you know, we we've had years of it as well, where people where players would use this as a springboard to like the likes of Barcelona and Real Madrid and other teams and you know Man City's and stuff. So it is a really, really frustrating. Um, situation to be in uh certainly for the fans and the club uh we're gonna like now focus on the players and i think this is where um should this deal happen where the liverpool supporters that be listening to this podcast will be quite excited so as you've kind of touched there 20 senior appearances you know very young age 19 seven goals four assists he's used to playing in a 4-3-3 which naturally suits us down to a t and suit the player as well um You've seen a fair bit of him. What impresses you about the player? You know, what are his strengths? What could he potentially bring to the table at Liverpool Football Club? Well, he's naturally gifted. Um, he's one of those players who you watch and you can tell is, is can be a class apart. I mean, I remember watching him for the 23s and you'd see that in, in the games. And during the pandemic, Fulham played games at um, the sports ground at the London School of Economics, mm-hmm. just, just the bubbles and things like that. And the pitch yeah. they had there wasn't great. You know, in the summer it'd be a bit hard, and in the winter it'd be a bit wet and muddy. But didn't it didn't really seem to affect Fabio in the way he plays, the way he carries the ball. He's brilliant with his feet. Um, he's creative. He's got fantastic movement off the ball. Um, technically very very strong. You can see that. Um, and he scores goals. He has a knack for getting into the right positions. He has a an awareness to to pick out a teammate in the final third. He is what you what you'd want really from an attacking midfielder. But I think above all else, and I, I stress this every time I talk talk about him, is, is it's his work rate. You know, um, there are a lot of technically good young players around. There are lots of fantastic talents around. But I think to succeed at the very highest level, 
especially in today's game, um, particularly with, with many, many different playing philosophies involving sides that, that press. Carvalho runs, he works very, very hard. He's very good off the ball and he's not the biggest, you know, he's really quite small. I mean, in the championship, he just gets kicked most weeks, but he, he gets up uh, and he'll give it back. Um, it, most weeks when he plays, you will see one example of him tracking back and dispossessing an opponent. I think at the weekend against City, he did it against Kevin De Bruyne, 20-yard run, recovery run, reclaims possession, his team go again. Um, th- those things sort of stand out quite quite a lot. You know, we, of course he scores goals and of course there is that the talent side to him. But that element to his game is um, what I find to be the... What it, it's not the most impressive because he's so gifted um, as a talent. Um, but, you know, he's, uh, it's that, that added quality, I think, that really makes a difference. Um, but in, in terms of his position, um, you know, he, as you say, he plays in a 4-3-3. Marcus Silva has a very set philosophy. Mm. Um, it's a 4-3-3 that sort of becomes a 4-2-3-1 where of the two number eights, one of them will, and sometimes both actually, will play really quite advanced, an advanced eight, a free eight, almost as a 10. Mm. And that's where I'd put Carvalho, that sort of 10 role, but with the ability to be an eight and, and to do the work in that position. Um, he's very good at playing off Alexander Mitrovic, we've seen at Fulham, good at playing off a striker. He can also cut in from the left, and we've started to see that a little bit more. He can play wide left. Oh, okay. But I think in terms of his best position, in terms of where we see him at Fulham, it is, it is centrally. It is in those areas. And um, because of all the Liverpool links, it's, it's, I think one of the questions has always been, you know, where does he sort of fit, fit into a Liverpool team? I think in terms of Klopp's philosophy, I think he did that quite well. I think you'd have to, of the players you'd, you'd think, you'd probably go back to Felipe Coutinho, I think. I was just, I'm so glad you went there because when you were talking about him, you were talking about his skill set and what he does and the position he plays in. And I was, I was thinking exactly the same. Yeah, no, and I think that's that's probably the best comparison, really, because he's not he's not like Sadio Mane or, or Mo Salah or mm. uh, a Diaz who, who lives off that side and will burst into space in behind, causing problems stretching defenses. He's a creator. Um, he wants to be in the pockets. He wants to to weave, move between the lines, and 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 weave out opportunities, and while also going beyond the striker, while also having that goal scoring knack, which is probably something that's a little bit more unique. Um, but I think in terms of a model, it, we, that would be in a Liverpool context. It would probably be Coutinho when he was in his Liverpool pump. Yeah, and I'm kind of just thinking. Obviously, you spoke about Diaz there, and we've got Thiago as well. You know, who you know, who again, who has um, great ball control. And obviously, you're speaking about Cavalio there. And should this deal happen, and he is a young player, and I'm kind of looking at you know, you know, you, you talk about Sadio Mane there on. on you know, and uh, the, the likes of Mosellan, uh, maybe not so much. But, you know, I'm looking at maybe somebody like a Roberto Firmino in the Liverpool side, who is a false nine, but he does, like, he does so much running around. He Sometimes he might be a little guilty of being a little too selfless, you know, running around behind them to almost like the engine behind them, the brains. And, you know, um, forcing defenders into mistakes and pressing them into, you know, horrible situations where he wins the ball back and, you know, plays this um, gorgeous pass and, I'm kind of thinking sometimes Roberto Firmino naturally accidentally falls into a number 10 role anyway. So I don't know if that could, if he's like a natural understudy for like maybe a Roberto Firmino. I've not really seen him in that sort of position. I, I mean, in terms of the, the qualities that Carvalho possesses, I think he, longer term, maybe that could be something for him. Definitely. Yeah. Because you know, he's as young as me, yeah. Yeah. And I think it's, it's always important when we talk about a player like this, that 
in a year still so young <laughs> yeah. talking about someone with 20 20 appearances but it you know it just says so much about the impression he's made and what we've seen of him um i do think he he operates best from a midfield role of some mm. kind um that's not to say it wouldn't be possible for it to be for him to to learn or to be and, and to operate in a in a much more advanced position either no wonderful i mean like you said he is very young and you kind of spoke that you know he's he's quite um He's not the tallest and he gets kicked about a bit. And obviously, um, uh, I think the championship has a reputation for kind of toughening players up and he gives it back, which is like really, really impressive to hear. I mean, in terms of obviously he's a young player, I don't believe in weaknesses. I believe that, you know, um, you know, they're still kind of finding their feet. They're still learning. They're still improving. You know, he's not the finished article. But in terms of his game, where do you think he could like maybe do with a little bit of improvement or something that he could work on? Good question. I think he's... I think, to be honest, fundamentally, he just needs more games. Um, he needs to be playing. Um, I think he, that in-game match experience is at a senior level is really, really important. Um, it, I, in terms of his time, I think there are lots of different elements he'll want to refine. His, I mean, he's scoring goals, he's averaging a goal nearly every other game at the moment. Mm. Um, he's playing in a very, very attacking team, which, which also really helps. Um, how is he on will, set? Will, you know, does, he do, does he do set pieces or not really? Not not Fulham. I mean, Fulham have got quite a few good good mm. takers of John Michel Seri, Harry Wilson, Nissan um, mm. Capano, Harrison Reed. I mean, they they're sort of sport for choices. So maybe he is good, but I have, <laughs> haven't actually seen that. Mm. Um, so um, that's hard to say. But I, I think where, with someone at this level, at this part of their game, you know, that it's just about getting those experiences on the big occasions, performing on those occasions. I think you, normally you'd say, oh, I need to get more consistent, but he has been consistent. Mm. Um, and I think we'll learn more about him with, with more games he gets. And that's, that's probably why, you know, when I was saying about before that he, he's determined to make sure he's playing, I think that's, that'll be part of the thinking. And I know from a Fulham, Fulham perspective, they'd be like, well, you could do it here at Fulham, but um, we'll see where, where, where that takes him. But in terms of a weakness, it's obviously he's not the biggest, so physicality can be, can be an issue. But I mean, he, he, he's a player who, who works very, very hard um in those areas and it's not really sort of his role and, and responsibility so um he's, he's a player who shows promise in, in most areas to be honest I mean we even saw him score a header earlier in the season which was pretty unexpected um so it's just about playing and getting those minutes under his belt and and, and, and continuing that progression that he's yeah. started and started really well Absolutely. I mean, whilst I've been doing this podcast, you know, some of these questions have been kind of um, pushed forward by some of our subscribers and they've all kind of been um, jotted in and out. So if you've heard your question, um, uh, brilliant stuff. Um, I've got one here. Um, How did the Portuguese lad in Lisbon end up playing in England and for England? So, you know, that's a really interesting one. So um, over to you, Peter. Yeah, no, Fabio moved to, to, to South London when he was 11, I think, with his family. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that that's how he, he ended up here. I think he first played for for Ballum in South London, um, and uh, yeah, I mean he was only there for about a year and a half before scouts just descended up upon them really because he just stood out so much. Um, I think United, Arsenal, Chelsea, and other sides too. But it was it was Fulham that you know seemed to win win his family round, win him round. And, and, and for Ballam too, they thought it'd be the best sort of progression for him because of that sort of track record. You know, we've seen with Ryan Sessegnon and, and the fact that the academy tends to do very well and, and maybe takes 
offers a, a pathway he may not have got elsewhere to be honest but yeah and it was, it was because of that and you know he's 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 been playing in um playing playing for Fulham ever since really and that's why he's, he's represented England at youth levels obviously he's he's eligible for, for Portugal too so um that will be a, another another question I'm sure down the line and if he keeps going on his current trajectory there may be a little battle there for sure interesting interesting and I I actually read one of your pieces on 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 Cavallo, and we know, you know, the player is highly, highly talented. And of course, Jurgen Klopp already knows this. But I think one thing that Jurgen Klopp always does, and you know, and I want to get your thoughts on this as well, is um, Jurgen Klopp kind of likes to have a little meeting with a player to kind of get a sense of what kind of person they are and stuff. And I, I read your piece on um, Cavallo's um, attitude after the deal fell through, and you know, you had quotes from uh, Marco Silva and. Um, he said he's in really good spirits. You know, he, he showed great commitment in training. You know, even though the deal didn't happen, I I was like reading that and I was quite impressed at his maturity at the age of 20 because, you know, you, you hear about silky players. I mean, I remember when I was 20, you know, the attitude isn't mm. the best. And I guess, you know, maturity off the pitch as well, right? That is something to, you know, you've, you've got to rate the player for that. Yeah, I mean, it's it's worth remembering as well. I mean, it's... So obviously the deal collapsed and then he went to Manchester City, scored, did, really, did put in a really, really good performance. Um, mm. So these weren't, just, it wasn't just lip service from, from Marco Silva, but we sort of, it was sort of expected in a way because there has been this speculation for quite a while. Um, I mean, he, he spent about three months uh, off, off on the sidelines um, earlier in the season. He had a foot injury after such a really bright start, he scored three goals in five games and um, he picked up a, a knock, I think it was against Hull initially, he played against Stoke and then was out, it was in his toe. Um, and then then he picked up COVID. So he had been out for a little while. But then, you know, he's come back into the team, you know, following following the news, obviously, that broke that he'd rejected a contract. Um, I, <laughs> you get a lot of, Marcus would be fielding a lot of questions every week about him. Um, but he's come back and he's just kicked on again. Um, I think it, well, I think his goal involvement's now 11 in the league, I think. 11 from 18 games. Um, if you include the two in the FA Cup, it's, it's 12 from 20. Um, so even though there's been this uncertainty about his future, even though he's, you know, they've had the stuff in the background about his agent changing, you know, all these different clubs showing interest, um, it's not really affected him on the field, and that's that's great credit to him, but also a testament to his character, as you say. Mm. So um, there is a real maturity there, and um, from you know from people I spoke to about him, he's, he seems like quite a down to earth, humble kid, um, very driven, very ambitious, knows where he wants to go in the game. Um, but you know, it's um, and, and these kind of things haven't really affected him. So um, if that continues, I mean, that's just another feather in his cap, really. And I've got another little question here. How do the youth team kind of rate Cavalio? And I think um, in comparison to Elliot, because naturally Liverpool, Liverpool fans, we, we like to compare how, how a player did against the other. I mean, how has he come through, um, you know, the, the youth academy? And, you know, have you got any quotes from, um, you know, maybe his, his youth coaches have said some really, really um, uh, promising stuff about him? I guess they just want to know like a comparison because obviously Harvey Elliott has done phenomenal at Liverpool and I think he really, really impressed that Fulham as well. So it's just kind of, um, we're trying to get an insight into how good the Fulham youth coaching system is, basically. Yeah, I mean, obviously Elliot's situation was slightly different in that he just sort of burst onto the scene. I think his debut for Fulham was at 15, so he wow. was training with, training with 
the seniors and, and really impressing the seniors at that point. Um, Carvalho has been a, a slightly slower sort of journey. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of the conversations I had around him when he was in the sort of the 23s, 18s, 23s, he stepped up very quickly from those brackets, but it was always about his his physicality. Um, would he be able to compete in the senior game? Would, it, would he be able to do what he can do at 23 level, but do it in the men's game? Um, and there was a sense of trying to follow a, a sort of a Phil Foden type approach where rather than just shipping him out on loan, um, probably into a league or an environment that probably wouldn't best suit his game and may not actually be positive for his development. It was a sense of, can we just keep him within the first team, keep him with that higher standard of, of training um, and then and, and then see how he progresses. And to be honest, uh, as it transpired, he, he just sort of landed and, and kicked, landed on both feet and, and just kept going. Um, made his debut against Chelsea in the league, did really well, started his first game against Southampton, scored. Um, I think it was at that point we realised, yeah, I think he's going to be okay. Um, and, and maybe there was even a case to say he could have come into the seniors a little earlier uh, during Fulham's relegation season. Never easy with the club going up and down, and that's part of yeah. part of the issue, I suppose, um, in terms of getting those opportunities. Um, but yeah, in terms of in terms of the development side, you know, they've always highly rated Fabio. Um, yeah. Whether there's a, I mean. He was with Harvey Elliott for a short period of time, so it's hard to say whether one was preferred or, or the other. But, you know, there was no doubting his, his his talent in terms of what he was able to offer. And I think the only question was how he would make those those steps through the through the ranks. Absolutely. And you kind of touched on, you know, they, they had like a brief spell where they played together. I mean, does Harvey Elliott play a role in this? Um, should Liverpool get it over the finish line? Because I um, read a piece from James Pearce, um, your colleague, and he um, alluded in this piece that they are, quite close friends like when when Cavalio scores uh, I believe Harvey Elliott drops him a text and such things so I'm just thinking um how how much of a big factor is having somebody at a club because I know it's worked favours for Liverpool in the past I mean could that potentially be a sway for the player it's also seeing Harvey Elliott's development at Liverpool as well you know seeing that he is getting regular game time and you know he was featured in the league and of course he scored in in the FA Cup as well for Liverpool yeah, they're quite a close bunch, to be honest, mm. um, within the, the academy. And Carvalho in particular really does take an interest, not just to, just with, in Harvey's development, but, but others too. You know, yeah. Another player would be, be Cody Drummer, for example, same age group. He's gone to Leeds, he's now on Lode Cardiff. Um, you know, there's a real sort of togetherness and, and support for each other. So it doesn't, it doesn't surprise me the fact that you know, Harvey's you know, kept tabs on, on Fabio's development. And, and, and there's no doubt that, that Fabio would have done the same with with Harvey Elliott, you know, of course, it, of course, it makes a difference because it means it's someone you can discuss what the club is like, and and and, and you know, it offers a, an insight into the development and 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 what Harvey's been able to do will be encouraging. Um, they're slightly different players, so and whether their journeys will take the same sort of pathway will be interesting to follow. But I think, you know, there's that. The, of course, it, of course, that helps, um, and it does help that they're quite a a close bunch and that, that Fabio Cavalli does take a, an interest in, in in his youth teammates. I guess we've come to the end of uh, this little chat, Pete. If you could put a percentage on how likely is this deal going to happen? <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, that's a terrible question. No, I can't do that. I can't, I can't, I can't, I couldn't do that because, you know, as I was outlining before, I think it's, there is still that uncertainty there. Uh, you know, for sure Liverpool are in a good position. There's no doubt about that. Um, and I think, and I do think with a little bit more time in January with an agreement, reached earlier then then maybe we're we're having a different conversation but you know I, it's 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 I, I can't put a percentage on it and I'd, and I'd be reluctant to do it as well because um 
so many things can happen in football. Um, and I think for now, really, I think Carvalho's priority is just maintaining these levels. If he can maintain mm. these levels for the rest of the season, Fulham will be delighted because they get promoted. Um, but it, it means all, all those options remain on the table. And, uh, and having seen him so far, it'd be, I'd be surprised if he doesn't doesn't keep at it at, at, at this point. You know, he's got a coach that really supports him. Mm. Um, he's playing in a good attacking team, and um, I'm I'm sure there is a, there's more to come. Absolutely. I mean, I will say something positive about this. I I like the fact that Liverpool are looking at these young players. It's almost like they're looking for the, you know. The, the rebuild because every, you know a successful team needs a rebuild yeah these players are doing incredible but you need to invest in 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 the future and talented players so from a local perspective I see this as a big 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 massive I almost want to say maybe Jurgen Klopp stays around I don't know Liverpool fans you know like maybe he's thinking about the, the next project the next future and I like the fact that we're looking at these really really young talented players and we're, we're you know we're not going to stagnate or do an AC Milan where you kind of have this phenomenal team and you kind of forget to kind of rebuild and reinvest so from a local perspective that's really positive um I I've heard the great things about Cavalio I really really want it done now that is it like that is my determination it needs to be done um Thank you so much, Peter, for your insight on, on, on the Cavalio deal and why it didn't happen and also on the player as well. You know, we really appreciate it. I think you've educated not only myself, but, you know, uh, all our listeners there as well. I think they really appreciate some of the insight that you've given there. And um, before I let you go, um, where can people find you on social media, your Twitter handle, your work, etc.? Um, take it away. Yeah, uh, no, I, I cover Fulham for the Athletics. So um, my... My Twitter handle is at Peter Rutzfitz, my, my whole name and, and lowercase. Um, and yeah, and you can find find my work and I'm sure I'll be writing more about Fabio as the season goes on uh, on The Athletic as well. So uh, yeah, partnering James P, James Pierce, Kiva O'Neill and, and, and uh, Simon Hughes as well and over on The Athletic. So yeah, that's that's where you'll find me and, and, and my stuff. I have no doubt that a lot of Liverpool fans will be all over your pieces on him. <laughs> you know, <laughs> this is what we do. We, we do this all the time. Guys, thank you so much for listening and tuning in. I hope you appreciated um, the insight. Any feedback, drop us um, a tweet. Let us, know, let us know your thoughts. Are you hopeful, optimistic about this deal happening? Also, where do you see Cavalio playing at Liverpool? Should it happen? Um, feedback welcome thank you so much for listening guys take care hopefully it gets done till next time up the reds we hope you enjoyed listening to this anfield index show please be sure to subscribe to our channel so future podcasts find their way to your device automatically there's nothing quite like fan engagement and we'd love to know what you think of anything discussed on this show the best way to get in touch is over on our free discord community where both podcasters and listeners debate the hottest LFC topics 24-7. Sign up free now at anfieldindex.com forward slash discord. You won't regret it. You can also follow us on Twitter at Anfield Index and find us on Facebook by searching for Anfield Index. Oh, and before you go, we'd love it if you could leave us a five-star review on your favourite podcast app. It only takes a couple of seconds. And it means the world to the people who create these free shows. Sports Social Podcast Network.